Santa Monica. Hey, y'all. You're uh, listening hey, to 102.3 WHIVLP in New Orleans. This is Community Radio dedicated to human rights and social justice. End all wars, baby. Good afternoon. This is Jamie Bernstein from the Offer Radio Hour. I want to remind you to support WHIVLP New Orleans because it is New Orleans' only radio station dedicated to human rights and social justice. And by the way, I am not just a host of a radio show here. I am also a member. You, too, can become a member by going to our website, whivfm.org, and clicking Donate. This is 102.3 WHIVLPFM in New Orleans. We are a community radio dedicated to human rights and social justice. Please consider donating at whivfm.org. It's communities like ours that help to support progressive programming. At WHIV, we support ending all wars.
Oh, wait, allons à Boston. similarly angsty but accepting themed song I wrote (laughs) (laughs) called Friends Like Strangers I know you're sad about it but your friends look just like strangers and you hate to doubt them but still the feeling lingers I know you're sad about it but it always ends the same You can wait around forever Just hoping that they'll change Or you surrender to the shadows on the wall Even though they got you feeling mighty Lovely 
Carlos Cangelosi singing in the background there, Friends Like Strangers. I have the great honor of playing drums with Rose on a regular basis. She's an amazing uh, drummer, and as you can tell here, she's also an amazing singer as well. Did you know that WHIV has been on air for five years? Oh my goodness, five years of being on air, two years with Griggs and Derry, but five years of being on air. We're able to honor independent voices with your support, uh, so please consider making any donation. Uh, all donations to WHAV are tax deductible. We also have lots of great swag online that you can find at WHIVFM.org. That's WHIVFM.org. You're going to find cool stuff like T-shirts, hoodies, fanny packs, and other types of things. They make great gifts, so please treat yourself at WHIV, we are not a radio station with a mission. We are a mission with a radio station, uh, and that's to end all wars. This is the Get Check, Get Fit, Get Moving show with Doc Griggs and Dr. Derry. That's Doc Griggs. I'm Dr. Derry. Doc Griggs was late. Oh, sorry. Wait a second. That was... Uh... Dude, you're starting. To, <laughs> you're starting to, I was trying to be nice. I got my iPad out. I'm being... Oh, yeah. I'm Look being, at you I'm all. Being, I'm being Wait, when are you so like, official like this? Hey, man, don't start. It won't be it. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to start it, uh, no, dude, I can't. I can't do that, man. <laughs> Here we I, go. <laughs> I can't do that. Uh, I was actually in the refrigerator. Uh -huh. um, There's some waters there if you want. No, no, I was looking for a Corona. <laughs> oh, dude. dude! I was upset because there was no limes. Dude, I, mean, I got dude, a question. You're dude. infectious. You're an infe are your, are your Corona's infectious, Doc? Dude, come on. Since no, you're infectious no, disease, we can't do that. Uh, I, I, I want to know. Can I have an infect? Is this? Do you, are you? Do you have the infected Corona? Dude, all right. Come on. Let's before we get into that. <laughs> before we get into that, there are a couple of things I want to talk about. Hang are you on. gonna sip your Corona? Oh, uh, dude. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. We can't make. Dude, is, is that a nice one? <laughs> Oh, 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 don't start. Don't start. Don't start. No, dude, you can't, we can't do that. Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, legitimately, yeah, people so, are dying so and stuff. After, he, after you do it, yeah, we can't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. All right. So a couple quick things. Um, we haven't been on air for a little while. I was out of town. You're out of town. You're doing good? Um, Interesting. Yeah, uh, I'm okay. Uh, it's been another morbid uh, really? Uh, hopefully, I'm seeing the, Jeez, seeing the another another mortality, another death. Uh, well, I was starting to damper down. Now I'm starting to hear. Uh, I want to kind of get into the the fact that we're the sandwich generation. Um, you mean you and I, Gen X? Yeah, the 40s and 50s kind of suck. Well, the 50s are starting to really suck, so it can only get better. The sandwich generation. When we talk about the sandwich generation, we talk about those that. Uh, we're doing things that really have no, no playbook or script for. Uh, a lot of times, a lot of our friends and colleagues are taking care of their kids who are growing and of various ages from two all the way to college. And, and then, then they're also taking care of their parents. Also being asked to take care of our parents. And yeah. a lot of them, unlike ourselves, even, even as ourselves, have no formal medical training right. in how to deal with things like dementia. Right. Uh, new diagnoses, potential diagnoses of Parkinson's. Right. Movement disorders. Movement disorders, uh, the, the, the C's, the cancers and the cardiovasculars. And then you add some of the, like the inability to kind of, uh, activities of daily living. Yeah. Hygiene, uh, bathroom, uh, feeding, that's shopping, taking care of bills, that sort of stuff. Which, which kind of leads to the whole, uh, the existential conversations that we had before, just uh, realizing your mortality. Um, uh, you've been, we've been talking about, like in the past eight months, for those that didn't know, I've lost, uh, nine weeks now. I've lost, uh, eight friends in nine months, uh, nine weeks rather. Um, 
dealing with the fact that you we age. I, you know, I'm going to say right here, right now, I am super glad that I can't and I refuse to call you a friend because yeah. I don't want to be on that list. Of- <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know. They got people not returning my calls, and I'm worried that something happened. They're like, so, no, bro, don't ever call me again, yeah, dog. So Gr- I'm Griggs good. Do you are, know Griggs? No. Nope. Yeah, no. I, I, Griggs and I just do a radio program <laughs> once a week, and that's it. <laughs> For those that are listening, yeah. <laughs> but uh, just dealing with the, the, the whole aging phenomenon and the third-person nerd kid, scientist self, watching the – just watching the correlation between the science that we learn and the actual life play out life as uh, li- life as life actually it's not, not it's not life imitating art but life being life uh, it can be difficult uh, and learning different coping mechanisms healthy coping mechanisms to help get through it one thing that I've learned though is the biggest is uh, mental health and it's interesting uh, I got friends in the studio with me stuff they didn't notice even though uh, uh, well, I can say Mikey was there he uh, the, my friends have been really supportive. Uh, I caught myself last week. I was on the phone with a friend of mine. And I was just explaining what was going on. Um, just to know it does. It, uh, mental health and mental illness are two different things. Uh, and the fact that and stepping into the lane as community medicine doctors, um, you know, you think about the fact that no one asks why the clown cries. Uh, I hate clowns, as you know. That's uh, not my thing. If you want to see me. Run, fight, scream, <laughs> cry, all at the same time. Bring Ronald McDonald in here, and yeah, it won't be a happy meal. Um, but the you know when you when you're in the public, and as long as someone asks how you're doing, uh, you say fine, which is a four letter word. Um, and as long as you're smiling and entertaining and doing the function that people expect you to, people don't see past it. They don't take a different look, um, which means you have to internalize pain. Um, I didn't realize that I had actually gotten into, and I'm wearing, look where I'm wearing today. I'm wearing all, I'm wearing black. And I'm, I'm, it's a step up because I'm wearing blue jeans. But uh, I was on the phone trying to kind of explain what was going on, and I realized I was at my house. I had all the lights off uh, in the house, and I was in the darkest room. I was in my office with the lights off except for the computer monitor, um, and I was laying down. And I didn't feel like going anywhere, didn't want to do anything. And it wasn't until I opened up to a friend and started explaining what was going on. And they let me know that, you know, that, hey, that's normal. That happened to me, too. And as we started talking and laughing subconsciously, dude, by the time I got off the phone, I cut off all I'd cut on all the lights. Uh, I had the TV on and I had changed clothes and I was getting ready to go for a run. So it's the whole point of that whole diatribe and that soapbox was to let people know that it's. Mental health and mental illness aren't the same. Uh, isolation is one of the worst things that you can do to any creature, uh, particularly humans. We are social creatures. One of the, 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 in, in the penal system, one of the harshest. Uh, oh, dude, hold on. Not one of the harshest. Well, I mean, it is, harshest. it is the, without question, it is, it's torture. Yeah. Uh, it's against the Geneva Convention. No, no. It is the worst it's, thing say, ever. No, no. Say the it. Say it. I want so to just, what we're yeah, talking yeah. about, of course, is um, uh, is uh, isolation. It's um, being in the hole, the shoe. It's uh, what am I thinking about? The shoe, uh, the, uh, solitary confinement. solitary confinement, the right? Shoe. And also, just let me just say too, like with all respect to uh, my brothers and sisters who've been in solitary confinement, yes, especially yes, when we're talking about so. like those that are in, uh, were in Angola three who were in solitary confinement for thirty five or forty years, yeah. which is pretty much how old uh, Griggs and I are. Yeah, I was in isolation yeah, for yeah. three weeks after the Ebola epidemic. 
and that drew, I I was like I could not. Like that was three weeks, and I was yeah. able to move around my house. Yeah. I was going for runs. Yeah. You know, Liana was with me, and so. Yeah. But even still, that 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 separation was was really quite profound. And we're going to talk about the coronavirus for the rest of the show. Oh, no, I got and, all the, tran- the corny <laughs> transitions laid out. <laughs> all right, all right. And so the, this this idea of, of isolation is really quite profound. And, and again, the what what Americans do to others in the form of the carceral system and in, in the form of keeping uh, individuals in solitary confinement is really is a crime against humanity. So and, and so you talk about the crime against humanity. What happens is you miss the humanity, and it's amazing. You know, I've done this. I've done the training. I'm an ACE certified ACE instructor. ACE is adverse childhood experiences. Uh, you start off uh, with a bad deck of cards, potentially, as viewed by society, and you end right. up having the social structure around you to help right. you be resilient and move forward. The right. studies always show if you just have one person uh, that actually shows interest or cares, right. Right. Uh, you can turn your life around. Well, it's the exact that, – that doesn't change uh, as kids. As we're older – there are days that, you know, we've walked in here, man, you all right? No, I'm not all right. And you're able to just let it out and you're able to talk. It's the connection that makes people feel like they're okay. If you you think one lion is bad, when it walks on the scene, if you right. see two, you're in trouble. Right. <laughs> because there's uh, it's the human connection and being right. able to, hey, man, get up, get out, let's go. Right. Uh, what's wrong with you? Right. Uh, and not feeling like you're alone. When I talk about fear, uh, I had to go, you know, I got to go get this. I'm in the middle of a process getting screened for all this other stuff. Um, and it's not until it's always scary to go to the doctor. Uh, I hate doctors. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna stop looking at you. <laughs> right. Remember, <laughs> dude, remember I, I refuse to call you my friend. So. <laughs> right. right. Uh, but the, no, the, 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 what we're, we're all afraid. And I've said it before is, you know, when we talk about fear, we're all afraid of the same thing. Everyone's afraid of the same thing. I don't care if it's a snake. I don't care if it's dark rooms. I don't care if it's a diagnosis. Uh, dude, there, it's, there are a lot of kids who actually love clowns. No, man. Don't so they're, they're like, just, so just just keep so they're that. not afraid. There are some things you <laughs> keep some yourself. kids that, they don't that say clowns that. actually bring they joy to a lot have, of people. They don't okay? ever have Especially to worry about children. me being that joyful Especially clown. young yeah, children, yeah. okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if they only knew. It takes one movie to change your life. Poltergeist. That kid looked under the bed. Oh, dude. So the little kid. You remember the little. It wasn't it? No, no. See, why'd you have to do that? If I throw this what? tape at you, oh dude. Like, <laughs> no, man. <laughs> that is a violent reaction. Get that image away from me. <laughs> oh, dude. You got my palm sweating this time. Remember the time when Dr. swore on air? <laughs> <laughs> I said this tape. I didn't say. No, no. Did I? Yeah. My bad. <laughs> so, so, anyway. That was that is the guttural reaction to clowns. <laughs> the, <laughs> I did not expect that. I didn't either. I still don't remember it. But the. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We have to rewind the tape. Um, all right, listen. I just wanted to say a couple things. Um, <laughs> what I want to say, what happened yesterday in Iowa, I, I just want to say, I just need to comment on it just for a minute. Yeah. And that is um, that there is a, uh, th- there to me seems to be a coordinated uh, attack against uh, one candidate who's really trying to bring power to the people. And uh, and the fact that they, the, um, 
the Des Moines, uh, what's the name of the paper in Des Moines? The Des Moines uh, paper, I forget what it's called, that refused to release their uh, their uh, uh, annual or their uh, uh, every four years they have a, a survey uh, that's released that that predicts who the candidate's going to win for the Iowa caucuses and the fact that the Iowa caucuses still don't have a winner uh, despite it seemed very very clear that there was one person who was leading the pack uh, it just seems like there's a coordinated attack and it's just and it's very shameful in our society you know and like you were talking about Doc Griggs is that our society continues to propagate these social determinants of health uh, and it continues to leave children that, that are born into poverty, that are born into uh, livelihoods in which uh, the, that can be improved significantly. Uh, however, uh, uh, when you have one candidate who's particular uh, – Des Moines Register, thank you so much. Uh, I was thinking about the Des Moines Register. Uh, when you think about uh, specifically you have a candidate who is who is trying to take the power and bring it to the people <clears throat> um, and that he is it, that the Democratic Party is just uh, uh, is one one attack after another uh, just trying to bring him down because they want to continue the the predatory capitalistic society that we live in in fact here's an article I saw a couple of days ago, Doc Griggs, that I think you would appreciate. Mm-hmm. There was an EMR uh, that had to pay like a $250 million fine uh, after they were found guilty of, of uh, collaborating with what they did not name the pharmaceutical, but it looked like it was probably Purdue Pharmacy that makes OxyContin. They didn't so, name it, but you hold, named it. Hold on, listen to this. So here's what they did. They... Um, they uh, and over two hundred and uh, and twenty million times this occurred um, that a pop up would show up with a patient that reminds the doctor to ask the patient about pain. And if the patient said there was pain, they would click yes, and then a uh, um, a, a drop menu would drop, uh, a drop-down menu would surface, would drop down, and all of the options for the medications were already spelled out. Hmm. And so you would click on the medication, and it would automatically fill a prescription for that patient. And, of course, all those medications were for, for opioids. Automatically filled the prescription. so right so you would sit you down with it automatically just and it would just and boom it would, it would well yeah because it was a, it was an EMR yeah I mean it was connected and so the, it just showing again this predatory capitalism that we, that we have in, in our society and it's just I find it to be very dispiriting and today's just been a very hard day last night was very hard because I was really looking forward to a small victory amongst all the steps back that we oftentimes have to take in our political structure that we couldn't take a step forward. And that was particularly dispiriting for me. And also, I want to say to you, going back to what you were talking about, Doc Riggs, we had a memorial for my friend on uh, on Sunday. Yeah, and uh, and this was a friend, a very close friend. We played music together. Um, all of the musicians in the band uh, that we had all played in, we all got together and played. We doubled up on bass, on, on guitars. We doubled up on, you know, everybody was just playing all, so of, was, uh, all of Ross's songs. Orchestra. Yeah, and as soon as we were done, I developed this profound headache, this profound fatigue, this profound reflux symptoms, mm-hmm. uh, and all I could do was literally just go home and go to sleep. I, I had, for the first time in a long time, I had a, a, a deep somatization of my of my emotions. And somatization. So somatization essentially is I was so grief-stricken from the loss of a friend uh, that my emotions played out uh, in my physical body, mm-hmm. and it played out in the form of a profound headache. And I barely get headaches. It played out in the form of profound reflux symptoms, which you and I have discussed regularly on this 
sure yeah. that both of you and I suffer from, but I had taken my reflux medicine that day, so I shouldn't have had any reflux symptoms, and I didn't eat anything that triggered reflux symptoms, and I had such profound fatigue, which is what Doc Griggs was talking about a moment ago when he was laying on his floor uh, due to uh, an element which, of, 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 of loneliness and sadness. Which, in a lot of people, if we don't start acknowledging that things that are mentally healthy can lead to real, true depression, because you would go to the doctor with your symptoms and not acknowledging that you'd had a stressful event. You're 100% and correct. And your doctor would be yes. like, there's nothing wrong. Right. Though, That's such you, a good no, point. No, there's nothing That's wrong. Such a good so point, Eric. So people start thinking such a good point. that you're faking it and they could think that you're they're seeking some type of hallucinogen or opioid or something right. and they'll say that you're not doing what you're supposed to and that you're depressed. Right. Uh, or that, if they had that EMR that, that, that partnered with Purdue. They'd give you an opioid. I, right. I would be like, yeah, I had some pain because my body was fatigued boom, and then boom, boom. Now I've got a, you know, a prescription of Oxycontin and then two months later I'm addicted. So which is, so I was talking to a colleague who happens to be a mental health professional and we were talking about how we need to de-vilify or stop making the word mental a demon. Uh, we don't want to broach anything that says uh, mental because, oh, I'm not going to be, for lack of a better word, it's a wrong word, uh, crazy. I'm not, I don't need anything mental health. I'm fine. Fine is a four-letter word. Uh, I'm good is a four-letter word. How are you doing? I'm well. That's a four-letter word. Dude, how are you well if you just lost a friend and you haven't grieved? You haven't spoken to anyone. You haven't found your own voice for grief, your own voice for grief might be writing. It might be. It might be running. It might be singing. It might be going somewhere. Sometimes you do need to be alone. In this case, it was playing music with a bunch of other of uh, musicians that we all played together with. And it, it was cathartic. It was it, very cathartic. It was cathartic in the sense, but the, the there was a release uh, that yep. your body was just like you know we've been holding this up the whole time. I, it's so true just, because I think that was it. Then I you know after I had a meeting after that, and I like literally limped into this meeting. I felt bad for the guy, and I was explaining to him, "I'm sorry, dude. Like I'm in like some grief mode right now." Yeah. Uh, and then I literally went home uh, and then completely passed out. And then I woke up and it was the second quarter of the football game. So and I was like, why don't you wake me up, Leona? Well, the, it wasn't the Saints. <laughs> well, it wasn't the Saints. It was still a good game, though. <laughs> so the, 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 it's kind of the equivalent, and we don't talk about it much, is I remember uh, soon after Hurricane Katrina, 15 years ago, um, two days after getting everyone settled and where they were, uh, I slept for 18 hours. Yeah, there you go. I mean, that's uh, what happens. I woke up because they were putting their finger and had a mirror under my nose <laughs> to make sure it was fogging up. Uh, they were kicking me, and I just my body just shut down, and it was just a way of dealing. It's, a, it's severe stress. Stress is a physical response. Right. It's not just something that you mentally right. experience. Well, you know, if you think about it, the reason, one of the reasons why mental health is so demonized is, one, you can't see it, so there's no physical symptoms. Uh, two, there's a long history of, of but, shunning yeah. individuals. But three, and I think more profoundly, and I, th- I would love to see if there's any social studies research on this, but the fact that the insurance companies won't cover any of the mental health illnesses or that it's so difficult for mental health to be covered, it almost makes it seem as though it's not real. Yeah, so right? And so it, it, it eliminates it from society by by just saying, well, no, we're not covering that because depression, you know, that's all in your head. And that that is a uh, it's a weakness. Yeah, so so you, you hit it on the head, though. If you can't see it, it's not real. It's harder. It's just the way that we're wired. And as technology expands, it's getting a little bit worse. Uh, if you notice the trends on your own social media page, you can put your words up, might get you know a couple of a couple of pieces of attention. You put a picture up, let's say you get a hundred. You put a video up, 
where people can really see it and experience it. Well, it's real and you get likes and people are interested. Well, the problem there's, first of all, there's no line between mental health and mental illness. First of all, secondly, the other thing is there's nothing tangible that people can. So if my arm hurts, first thing I ask is, well, what'd you do yesterday? Well, yesterday I banged my elbow on a wall. I can see the wall. I can see the swelling in my elbow. You cannot see the swelling in your corpus callosum or on your frontal lobe <laughs> or your hippocampus or your substantial drive. You cannot. <laughs> Don't be such a brainiac. No, I'm just saying, right. <laughs> <laughs> my brain's swelling it's freaking right. brainy yeah, yeah. <laughs> you made me go back to neuroanatomy for that one but you you can't see actual swelling so it's it's not real and people can relate every your perception of the world and this is another existential conversation uh, obviously i've been thinking a lot your perception of the world is based solely on your perspective and your experiences so when you're trying to of explain course, yes. a new or different concept yeah. to someone all they can do is relate it to something Right. That they've experienced or seen before. Right. And if they haven't, right. uh, you don't know what it's like to have a psychotic break. Right. I don't know what that well, is. Well, here, so here's here's is funny. So here's an example of of you know as we were standing around after the memorial service, somebody had to try to break the ice, and it's not unlike what they said was something that fits perfectly here. Did they throw a tape dispenser? At you? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> they uh, they came out with big orange hair and a big uh, smiley Slushy, face. Yeah. It was, oh, with, was <laughs> now you're really going to go. <laughs> no. Um, he, they said to, to break the ice. Like you, you guys want to think about something crazy? We're like what? They're like George Washington never knew about the existence of dinosaurs. Because dinosaurs were not really discovered until about 150 years after. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <Right>. I mean, <laughs> everybody in the studio right now is like, what? Yeah, wow. Right, just just something. Just, there's a there's a perspective to think about. I mean, the, even think five thousand years ago, the Egyptians had no so, ideas that dinosaurs existed. So if, 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 you couldn't say you're old as a dinosaur. Right? Yeah. Right, like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> so, 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 so that just goes back to the theory. So I've talked about it before. Is uh, and when I deal with my students, I tell them I don't like smart people. Uh, if you consider yourself smart, then I really try to cut my conversations short. Smart. Another reason why you and I don't hang out very much because uh, birds of a feather <laughs> flock together. Well, I'm I mean, if you're, if you're smart, then I'm gonna I'm gonna go <laughs> away to the other room. Yeah. Smart is an acronym, uh, and it, 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 we're at some point in our academic careers, we're all guilty of it until we realize um, otherwise. Smart is an acronym for simple mastery of, of accepted and repeated theory. The reason that you know two plus two is four. How, well, how do you know two plus two is four? It has been drilled in my brain by someone that told you that. Over and over again. Yeah, until someone says, what if you have, if, two, if I have two cartons of egg and I bring two cartons of eggs, how many eggs? Is it four? Uh, no, it would be 24. Two cartons of eggs and two oh. more cartons of eggs. Oh, well, yeah, you see, now you, this, this is a smart guy, right? <laughs> smart guy, right? <laughs> I thought that was a trick question. Because <laughs> you're so smart. Dude, you have you're to. Absolutely dude, smart you, you have person. to admit that that was an excellent answer. Oh, <laughs> Dude, when, all, sometimes when I hang uh, out with you, sometimes I feel like I'm walking on eggshells. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to yoke uh, around about it. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's really exciting. No, you got that's contagious. <laughs> it's absolutely contagious. Smells like rotten eggs in here. <laughs> what an egg experience this is going to be. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So exciting. <laughs> this is 
an extra, extra special this show is, today. This is an existential. <laughs> so, folks, they say laughter is the best medicine, <laughs> especially. <laughs> My brain scrambled. Um, all right, can we? Come on, dude, we were supposed to talk about coronavirus today. No, so wait, wait, wait. We're gonna get the coronas in a minute. Hold on, all right? <laughs> you gotta flip this. Yeah, we gotta talk about coronavirus. <laughs> so, so like, let me get back to the smart point. The whole point and, and the issue that you'll hear me talking about with the students is you want to strive for the rest of your life to not be smart. Smart people uh, base everything that they do on the simple mastery of, of accepted and repeated theory. Therefore, centuries, there were decades of scholars that went to schools and studied way beyond what their versions of college were uh, with the, uh, based on the theory that the world was flat. Uh, and you couldn't tell them. And they were the revered scholars in society. Uh, yeah, you're right. They're of course. It's accepted in repeated theory. What you want to be is, and especially working in the community, uh, it's beyond cultural competence. You just want to be intelligent. You, Socrates uh, once said that the, no, was it Descartes? I, uh, the, the, no, it was Socrates that said that the, 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 most, he, the smartest person in the world is the one that knows he knows nothing. Um, to be a, a, a lifelong learner. And acknowledge the gifts of other people to be intelligent. You'd rather be intelligent than you'd rather be than you would to be smart. Um, yeah, that's, I'll get off that. And, 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 yeah. and Griggs has spoken. No, 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 no. no. And we, and we'll go, now we'll go get the. All right. Uh, if you're tuned coroners. in, if you're tuned in, you know, dude. Yeah. People are dying. Okay. Yeah. If you're tuned in, you are listening to one hundred two point three WHIV. I'm not making light of the fact that the people are dying, but I, what what I want to bring light light to. Uh, and talk about very candidly with, I mean, we joke, we talk, we laugh all the time. And again, your friends, uh, if, I mean, yeah, we'll make sure you're covered. Yeah, I'm not a friend. Yeah, not a friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Take your, me out of that. Your, your, your friends say bad things to your face and good things behind your back. This is, again, another time that uh, I really want to say good things. You're one of the most respected and brilliant uh, infectious disease doctors that I know that's in my circle. Um, the coronavirus uh, is is problematic right now. And Very. Part of it, of course, it's not seasonal, but it, we're talking about it now because it's, it's a big splash in our pan right now as far as the media, uh, and it's becoming more and more of an issue. But we're still, I don't want to put to the back burner the conversation that needs to be had about the flu you're going to lose about what 150 people a week how many pe- thousands 65,000 people died last year of the flu 65,000 died of the right. flu last year here right. in the United States right. Right. and we're not talking about it we need to talk about this new potential problem this new growing problem but we can't just talk about the flu like it's paint on the wall this is something serious so I want to start with and you know I kid about getting the coronas but there's a conversations and jokes in the street doc i can get a i can get the coronavirus from the drinking the corona well if you don't wash your hands if you caught a cold last year you probably will you drink that same beer if you save it you might get sick but but to talk about the distinction what is the coronavirus uh the viruses why is this a concern and then i want to really talk about prevention is prevention is prevention and talk about the flu so i mean so a couple things one is that uh the coronavirus is a virus we've seen other versions of it before in the form of sars in 2002 which is the severe acute respiratory syndrome of which there was only like uh, 10,000 uh cases uh and i think of that 10 percent deaths but that really kind of going back to that created a huge i mean you remember you and i were in residence i was just i was just wrapping up residency in fact i was in uh in uh um i was in guinea in 
Zero Corey Guinea doing a Lassa virus outbreak. Lassa. Lassa virus outbreak when 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 uh, when uh, uh, the uh, SARS uh, outbreak happened, and I was following it in a rudimentary online of whatever the internet looked like in 2002 and 2003. Um, Morse code. Yeah, it was almost like Morse code. And then more recently, there's been another coronavirus, which is called MERS, which is the Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome. Now, SARS. Say, say that again, so people don't understand, because there are a lot of people that are they're they're confusing MERS with MRSA. Right, and so we'll talk about MRSA in a second because MRSA really plays an acute role in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. But MERS, acute? yeah, an acute. Yeah, what if it's it's very, ugly? Oh, yeah, no. oh it's, that's so cute. It's golden, yeah. and I'm going to get to the golden <laughs> history of Staph aureus in a second. Here we go. Uh, and so uh, the uh, MERS is the Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome. Now, going back to SARS, SARS started from bats and it moved into what's called a civet cat in these so-called wet markets in China. Civet, and what is a wet civet. market? Civet. So a civet. So these wet markets. In, in China are essentially these markets where uh, uh, individuals go and buy live animals and then they're slaughtered at home and then eaten freshly after uh, they're slaughtered or they are or they are killed at, at the time of purchase and then taken home and eaten very quickly. And so those are referred to as wet markets and that's just the Chinese culture. Well, and it's that's, as, and that's as how gross they, as that sounds, that's the way of a lot of the work. And back, it used to be, I mean, growing up on a farm, that's exactly right, what happens. Right, right. So I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't use the word Gross. I would no, 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 no. I mean, in modern day, right, from the right. lens and, of and today's sure, technology, sure, sure, sure. living I hear you. here, they're like, I hear wait, you. no, no, no. But no, this is... Right, that's ju- that's just the culture, and the Chinese. You live on a farm here, dude, and think about this: the do. Chinese have a billion people on the continent, and they've been around for hundreds of thousands of years. Yeah. They're doing something right, right? I right. mean, it's so, low. Yeah, right. life expectancy versus <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so these are wet markets, and the reason why these wet markets um, are, uh, it's very easy for viruses to be able to jump from an animal to a human. Now, there's many times that a virus would jump from an animal to a human. The thing is, is that once it gets into a human. The key element here is it has to be able to reproduce yep. inside the human. Mm-hmm. And, and so these viruses are jumping all the time, right? These animals all have viruses. They're jumping, jumping, jumping. And the human does not – they may get sick from the viral uh, illness, but if the virus is not necessarily reproducing mm-hmm. and then transmitted to another human being, mm-hmm. there's really no infection. And right. so but what happened with SARS, it went from the bat to the civet cat. And then in the civet cat, it jumped into a human, and then you had SARS, right? And again, it was a 10% mortality rate uh, and it was only 10,000 cases. Right now we're at 22,000 cases and we have a, a 2% mortality rate with this organism. If you're in the hospital, it jumps up to a 15% mortality rate. But we'll, wait, get, wait, we'll get to that wait, in a second. Wait, wait, with, with which with, with coronavirus, with the novel coronavirus. Because you started with SARS. Right, I want right. people to understand that. So the thing with MERS is this Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome, it's limited to camels with limited human-to-human transmission. Come on. Is the MERS the same as the Corona? So I'm you, getting to that right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to get to I that. Want, I, want, I want people right. to understand that you started SARS, you went MERS, MERS now, and now Corona, we're going and, to, and, and then now make the scene. Right, I'm about to do that right now. So all of them are, belong to this family of viruses called coronavirus. There we go. Now, what is a corona? Corona means crown. crown. So these are viruses that have these spikes in them that look like a crown around the virus. Mm-hmm. And the coronaviruses are very common. They're... Uh, they're essentially responsible for about 10% of the annual common colds or what we refer to as influenza-like illnesses that happen in any one time that happens during the, the cold season. Is right? 10% a significant number? You've mentioned that before. 
I want you to explain. You keep saying ten percent, so people don't blow it off like that's a small. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I use ten percent two different SARS. There was a ten percent mortality rate. Yep. And then here with coronavirus, coronavirus during the regular flu and cold season, mm-hmm. when you just have a stuffy nose and body aches and and uh, and you feel you know coughing and fevers, that could be RSV, respiratory syncytial virus. That could be rhinovirus. Uh, that could be influenza virus. It could also be coronavirus Mm -hmm. and that coronavirus is about 10 percent of the all of the viruses that are circulated on a regular flu and cold season what makes these three coronaviruses unique is that they started in animals Mm -hmm. they jump to humans and once they jump to humans humans don't have the immunity for a virus that jumped that started in an animal because it's never been seen seen it's never been seen before but you and i and everyone in this room has been exposed to coronavirus in the 40 50 years of our lifetime we've we've had a coronavirus yeah yeah in your case what 62 uh uh we've all we've all been exposed to coronaviruses therefore uh uh we we have we have had protection for coronavirus what makes this virus unique however is that it started in in a in a mammal uh, and it's speculated that it either started in bats that got transmitted to snakes and then from snakes into humans or it went from bats directly into uh, uh, into humans, sort of like the way Ebola virus uh, mm-hmm. did. So now what happens is that it jumps into humans and then it, it's, it has a high level of infectivity. In other words, it's transmitted very, very easily, but fortunately it's, uh, it's virulence, its ability to cause severe damage, in other words, uh, 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 death, right. is very limited, thankfully. So like we said, there's about a 2%. That's, that's when you hear the word virulence. That's, that's what you mean. Right. The ability to cause death. The ability to cause death, and that's been limited about about 2% mortality rate. So that means, so there was a couple of really great papers I wanted to kind of go over with you because there's some elements of this virus that are really, really scary, and I wanted to share them with you. So there was this story, and this was in the New England Journal last week. There was a story of a woman uh, who's from China. She's a businesswoman. She works for a company that sells auto parts. Just a disclaimer, this is just a story about one woman amongst the thousands that we're talking about. So I don't want people to get freaked out. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is a story of one woman, but it was, but it, could, but it, it's, it's it was yeah, with yeah. four other people. To let you know so how she's, serious she's the index case. Got it, okay. Got yep, yep. So she's visited by her family. Uh, her mother and father come for Wuhan, which is the origin of this, the city where this wet market was located is in Wuhan, uh, China, which is a very large city in China. So her parents visit her uh, from Wuhan and she, I think was in Beijing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she gets visited by her family. Her parents are asymptomatic her parents parents have no symptoms they have no symptoms they stay for the weekend they go back to wuhan when they get back to wuhan they develop illness Mm -hmm. the the index case the woman gets on an airplane and flies to germany she's asymptomatic she's in germany for three days she leaves germany and the minute she gets on the plane she develops symptoms on on the plane and the symptoms, let's just be clear, are fevers, cough, and shortness of breath for the most part. 98% of people with this novel coronavirus have a fever. She gets, she jumps on the plane. As soon as she gets on the plane, she develops illness. Okay? She gets, she lands into, in Beijing or wherever it is that she lives. She's immediately taken into uh, the authorities. They test her. She tests positive for Wuhan or this no- novel coronavirus. 
she goes back to her company and informs them that she's sick and that she just came from Germany. The company then goes and starts looking at the employees that she had contact with. Here's the scary part. So now there's four people who develop uh, this novel coronavirus as a result of contact with her. All four of them... Uh, well, let me just tell you about two of them. So the uh, uh, patient number one had limited interaction with her when she was asymptomatic. He went on to develop a very mild illness. When they uh, tested him after his illness, he had very high levels of, of viral load. In other words, he is still able to transmit virus. Mm-hmm. After he was sick. So he picked up the... After il- he's sick. So he was able to pick up the illness when the index case was asymptomatic. He was asymptomatic for a couple days. And then he himself, when he was asymptomatic, uh, uh, transmitted the virus to two other people while he was asymptomatic. They went on to have very low-level uh, illnesses, and they were all positive after uh, they uh, um, after they were, uh, completed the illness. Mm-hmm. And the reason why that's notable is that we know that most people, when they're asymptomatic, transmit virus, like on a regular common cold or influenza. Mm-hmm. But when after the illness is done. Usually within about a day or two of being sick, you have, you're no longer contagious. But the fact that you are able to still transmit virus days to, we don't know how long afterwards that you have then, uh, 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 completed your illness that's the thing that is particularly unsettling Mm -hmm. so not only can you transmit even before here this woman was was clearly with with wuhan that she got from her family right and she went into this and she went to germany she flew on a plane got to wherever she got to and unwittingly transmitted it to a group of people went back to china before she found out that she was actually sick and then you had another group of people who got sick as a result of that and that's why we're seeing this amazing transmission that's been going on you know exponentially we've been seeing more and more cases like 25 percent more cases every day and so uh, last time we counted it was 22,000 uh, uh, people who uh, who have the 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 virus and in about 425 deaths that's a mortality rate about three percent there was a New England journal pa- uh, paper that came out another New England uh, it was a Lancet paper came out a couple days ago that looked at 45 people who were in China and they looked at what the cases looked like and of course they were all fever. Uh, they had multiple mm-hmm. comorbidities. So the people who ended up in the hospital who were particularly the other ill. Other things that weaken them. Comorbidities is existing illness. Or yeah, other like conditions heart, heart disease, uh, yeah. COPD, diabetes. Don't have them at 100%. Right. Uh, and they found that the mortality rate with those folks was 15%. So if you're sick enough to go to the hospital, then uh, there's an increased mortality rate. And so ultimately to get to your final point, which I think is the most important, is that at this point, this genie is this cat. These cats are out of the bag. The genie's out of the bottle. The best thing that you can do is hand washing and get a freaking flu vaccination. Why is yeah. the flu shot? Why is the flu? Va- First of all, I want two things. I want to get to statistical significance. So when people hear statistics on the air, they can know kind of what they're hearing. I want to sure. get to that, and then I want to get to the correlation between flu shots and this coronavirus, and I want to crescendo. Crescendo. Pulling out all my English English major. I'm smart. (laughs) I want to crescendo. Intelligent. (laughs) Right. (laughs) With the with the importance of just general 
san- uh, washing your hands and the yes. simple things you can do to protect, you. especially with Mardi Gras coming. But let's get to, you, you threw out numbers and people typically, when you say numbers, especially when you have a platform like we have, people hear statistics and they're like this. Right. And what does that mean? They have no idea. Right. But it's scary because you're putting numbers in it. So I right. want, I want you to help tie that together and just literally pretend well, don't even pretend. Just <laughs> yeah. explain it to me, the numbers, so we can, like you're talking right, to. Right, right, right. So the, the way that the, the virus is acting right now is that a majority, about 80% of people, that's uh, uh, you know, four of five people who are infected, mm-hmm. actually develop very mild kind of flu-like symptoms, fevers, cough, shortness of breath, uh, no runny nose. That's the weird thing about it. There's no runny nose, okay? These are healthy people? These are healthy people. Mm -hmm. So it's the other 20%, so the one in five people who go on to develop symptoms, those individuals have uh, comorbidities. Mm -hmm. Now, Now, of course... You know, these are rough numbers. There was a case of a 45-year-old guy who was otherwise healthy. Uh, he developed his symptoms in China. He developed a few days of symptoms. It was very mild. But then he died uh, in a dramatic fashion a couple days after his illness. And here's what's very unique about that is that this looks like what it's happening with the influenza pandemic of 1918. Mm. And what happened in the 1918 pandemic was that people didn't die of the influenza. What they actually died of was the post-influenza infection with Staph aureus. You mean now, the influenza turned into a comorbidity that, yeah, made, them that made them susceptible? susceptible. So do you remember where I told you I was going to talk about uh, MRSA and I was going to talk about the golden history of MRSA? That seemed like a long time ago. It that was, was a long explanation. So, But let me tell you this. So it's MRSA, it's Staph aureus, that it infects the airwaves mm-hmm. after there has been an influenza-like illness or influenza. Now, do you know why they call it Staph aureus? No, Doc, why don't you tell us? I'll tell you. You know what the A and the U in the periodic table stands for? AU. I don't remember. I see it, but I don't remember. It's gold. Gold. And that's because Staph aureus has a gold oh, exudator. Gold. Which is when, so, so to bring it to real terms. <laughs> I just saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should have seen his head just light up, man. When we talk about the cellulitis of, the, the, the cellulitis or the golden summers that we have down here with the, the, the Indian fire, they that's call it That's what you here. get making fun of me. Yeah. You're like, oh, that was so long ago. Oh, <laughs> no, no. So, so when, when, when it's uh, ant and mosquito season down here, you get Get the kids come into the ERs with the the ant bites, and right. they call it Indian fire. There'll be a gold crusted, itchy right. lesions on their legs. <laughs> it's typically Staph aureus, right. and it's gold. And the A and the U and of U. aureus. Hey, hey, you, <laughs> hey, you. <laughs> So uh, anyway, so the uh, th- that's essentially what's happening, and and uh, and I, I I didn't remember exactly what other numbers you wanted me to. So kinda... no, what I wanted it's uh, it's just interpretation when people hear data. What I'm trying to avoid uh, the multiple media platforms. I'm trying to not. The best thing you can do is stay calm and rely on facts. Uh, people are about to. We're gonna as this thing grows and turns into whatever it is. I mean, it could. Yeah, like Eric, there's a chance that you may get sick from coronavirus. Yeah, like I was telling Liana yeah, this yesterday. Yeah. I, she's like, "How bad is this?" I'm like, "Listen, there's a good chance that you and I could actually develop. It, like it, the fact that it's transmitted asymptomatically well before people get sick and well after they are sick. There's a good chance that this may circulate the globe. So, so here's what's different, folks. And, and Doc, help me here if, if I'm, I'm saying it wrong. Most of the viruses, most of the things, the contagious things that we worry about every year, every season, uh, 
<laughs> they're transmitted asymptomatically before the symptoms develop. Yes. yes so that's what true. makes this different isn't the fact that, oh, I don't have any symptoms uh, and I can uh, I've developed this virus and I can pass it on. It's the fact it's the after that once you get the flu, which you can you can be asymptomatic and be contagious and pass it on to someone else. But once you have the flu and you go through the course and you survive and you get up the uh, the next day. Typically, you don't have to worry about passing that on to someone. What makes this different is what happens after. And Doc, this is the most eloquent explanation. Believe me, for the last how many weeks have we been talking about this and reading about this whole uh, three weeks? For the past three weeks, we've been talking about coronavirus to people all over the world. That's the most eloquently put that I've heard. It's the fact that after you're, you're better. Um, you're not out of the, the you're woods. Still contra- and, and it makes it very difficult for healthcare providers to make any recommendations because what do you do after somebody is – so let's say somebody is Go back sick. to work. Go well, back yeah, to I mean, what, and so now what – now think about that. One, we don't know how long the virus stays uh, after somebody is sick, so we don't know how long they can actually transmit virus. And more importantly is where are they supposed to go? If they go home and nobody else in their family is sick, now you're setting up their family to be sick or if they go to work. And not only think about this, Eric, that if you start pulling people out of the workforce. Okay, so that's where I was going. Keep going. So if you start if you, people, pulling people out of the workforce, say you have a company and you say, okay, everybody go home. We're going to quarantine you. The problem is if you don't know how long you're infectious after you've recovered, you don't know how long to quarantine people. Right. And There's so, no, that, so you're and just so closed indefinitely? Is, what does that do to the world economy? So that is is the issue that is the scary thing about this. And so because, and this is why I'm saying you and I are going to likely develop coronavirus, is because the, the way... You're not my friend. I don't see you <laughs> enough. Not, you don't want to be my friend anymore. You, you won't be in but my sandbox. Long, long ago have decided I wasn't going to be your friend. Uh, no, the reason is is because the, because the people who make decisions uh, about work and, and, and workplace type stuff and, and the economy are not clinicians or physicians or what have you. Th- their bottom line is that they have to keep their engine of economy running and so they're going to continue to get people to work and you're going to still have people instead of being in isolation which is where they should be and again we don't know how long they're supposed to be in isolation for now again the good news here is that a majority of people 80 percent of people just develop very mild symptoms now of course that's 20 percent of people who go on to develop acute respiratory distress syndrome which is one of the mechanisms Uh, it's one of the mechanisms by which people get sick. And then the second thing is is that they get a post-infection staph aureus or some sort of opportunistic infection because that occurs the, after. Because the, the – comor- It turns into a comorbidity and these viruses and, back to are opportunist. Right. And also let me just explain that the after an influenza-like illness or a viral illness that's that severe that may even cause an ARDS, what happens is that the internal lining of the trachea and the rest – The windpipe – and the and the rest of the uh, parenchyma of the lungs parenchyma really right the structure that's there the that's the structure of yeah. the lungs yeah. the the, you, you, the they're all denuded so all denuded the, so on, the man. cells I know I'm I'm gonna explain it right. I'm just telling right. you that all I'm right. gonna explain all it right. all so right. uh, the the parenchyma of the of the lungs are denuded so in other words what that's saying is that the structure of the lungs the cells that protect those structures of yep. the lungs are ripped off yep. and once they're ripped off now uh, by ripped off meaning that they're 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 taken stripped. away they're stripped away and now what happens is that the uh, the structure of the lungs now remain bare and that ends the Which, word denuded. 
infected, right? Opens them up to other. Opens them up to with infection. No protection, no That's armor. A, there's no protection. There's no armor. There's no cells of immunity there. And then what happens is because staff and strep and this is floating all through the air, on. right? If you get it in and you breathe it in and it lands on that one spot that's denuded, then there's that increased likelihood of a secondary uh, infection. In other words, a opportunistic infection or post influenza or post viral or post coronavirus uh, infection. So, so it, like, you know, people are like, oh, everybody calm down. You know, and yes, of course. But there has to be a level of honesty to the public that people need to understand w- what's happening and how, how, how do you, how do you, and this is an interesting conversation is how do you balance that truthfully at the same time by not creating kind of panic in the streets. And yeah. so, and that's a difficult thing to do, but people need to be aware, and this gets back to what you were saying, you have to get an influenza vaccine. Why do you need to get an influenza vaccine? Because if you're vaccinated and you start getting sick, we know we don't have to worry about flu. We know that, you know, there's a likelihood of this being something else. Plus the influenza vaccine, the worst case scenario is that you have a co-infection with both influenza and coronavirus. I haven't heard about that, but right. you know, that, that, that could be a potential don't thing that can, right. <laughs> <laughs> he right. didn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> and imagine, imagine this, dude. Imagine one cell that has both uh, RNA of influenza and coronavirus, and then there is a turned um, into a Jurassic right, Park that, type. That, and that is one of the biggest fears: dinosaur type virus right. that we've never seen before. Right. And remember, George not, Washington didn't even know about Jurassic Park. So, <laughs> did he have wooden teeth? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he had wooden teeth in those days, man. They probably <laughs> he probably did, right? Yeah. But you know, he you know he was a big purveyor of hemp. You know that? Oh, really? Yeah, he was. He was, he was, big, he was, he was smoked, happy. They smoked pot all the time. <laughs> he was happy. <laughs> there was. <And> their, <laughs> their ropes and, were really strong. Yeah, the, ropes. <laughs> the, the, uh, the big thing is, we want to make sure we, that we the, yeah, that the public stays aware and that the stuff that we preach about yes. all the time get checked. Yes. Get fit, Hand washing. Wash your hands. Get your right. flu shot. <laughs> get your flu shot. Stay, stay aware. And of don't what, touch your face. Stay aware. And that's the thing. So, Doc, can you right. talk real quick so, about this? Yeah, I'm going to talk about that real quickly. Yeah. So, because it's transmitted in the uh, either airborne or droplets, and that's a technical detail we can get into next week, but it's transmitted in, in promises, the air. Promises. Right. And it lands on surfaces. And the mm-hmm. virus can remain outside of the human body or remain outside of its host for some time. We don't know how much time, but like for Ebola, it could remain for 24, 48 hours. So if you touch a surface and then touch your face, touch your nose, and in fact, there was a study that was released this weekend that they found a hospital in China that had a doorknob with a large amount of virus that was on it. They found a lot of RNA virus on it. So people were touching that doorknob and then inadvertently touching their nose or touching their mouth. Mm-hmm. So in this time, it's very, very critical to uh, to have incredibly good hand hygiene, carry hand sanitizers around you uh, everywhere you go, just like Doctor Derry does, because Doctor Derry's an infectious. The masks are not for you to protect you. The masks are for you to contain whatever. That's right. The masks are not the, and that's a very good point. The, remember, the masks don't protect uh, uh, you. You're the reason why you're wearing a mask is to protect other people from yourself. Keep your hands and your bugs to yourself. We got forty seconds. Any, <laughs> well, any, forty seconds. Any last minute? Uh, are you going to be appearing on air talking about more of this stuff? I will be tomorrow. I'll be on WBOK. I'll be bringing it up, and then this week on uh, on Fox Eight. I'm on Thursday and Friday. I'm trying to slowly try to introduce you, and I want to invite you on. I'm right. going to talk to the producers. Are you doing iHeartRadio? Uh, I'm trying to figure out. I, I, they hadn't called me with that got it. yet. All right, fifteen but, seconds. Yeah, fifteen. You know, say what you need to say in 15 seconds. Guys, right? thank you for coming here. <laughs> get tech, get fit, get and, moving, uh, and, and whatever you guys do, don't clown around in front of this guy. <laughs>
You know? It's this guy, you know, every time I try to get out, he pulls me back.